When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Simon Brooks, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and bring you back safely. It's dark in the mornings again, and chilly, although the afternoons have been nice. This leads to nice evenings. The last of the leaves had fallen, and Mo, although had had a good walk earlier, she wanted to be outside. I decided to rake, and Mo danced about me, messing up the pile of leaves I made. Eventually I got them bagged, and saved a few for a fire. I loaded up the fire pit, gathered some wood from the tree line, and got the flames started. I went back inside to make a very large mug of hot chocolate, and taking that and my penny whistle, the two of us went back outside to sit next to the fire. The sky was so clear. The moon was bright and shining, but stars could still be seen clearly. I held the thick pottery mug in both hands, sipping occasionally. Some deer slowly appeared in the trees, their noses down looking for food, but Mo barked and scared them away. I pulled her close and calmed her down and began to tell a story about a fox and a goat. The fox was kind of tricky and not very nice to the goat, although the goat did get the better of the fox in the end. Mosey is pricked up at the end of the story and looked. I turned to see what she was looking at and noticed in the firelight a fox. Today our first storyteller is my good friend John Pacino. It's hard to find a nicer person and great storyteller than John. I've known him for years and love it when we can spend time with each other. I hope you like John's stories as much as I do. Here he is telling, It was so cold. Up north, where I come from, they got two seasons. July and winter. Now, one winter it was so cold. I mean it was so freezing cold. I mean it was so darn icy shivering cold that to get out to our barn to milk our cows, we had to take our axes out and chop through the frozen air. And when we set to milking, instead of milk, them cows was given milkshakes. That was quite a winter by Jesus. Why, it was so cold. Why, it was so cold that my shadow froze right to the side of the house. And I couldn't get it back to the springtime thaw. It was cold by God. Why, it was so cold that it froze the bottom right off our thermometer. One hundred and thirty degrees below zero. Now, how many listening... Has ever been outside in 130 degrees below zero? Now, just one minute here. Before I go on, I got to tell you something. When I ask a question like, How many listenings ever been outside in 130 degrees below zero? What I'm looking for from you folks listening is some kind of response. 
Now, I don't care if you've never been north of the Florida Keys. I just want to know that you're with me. Now, let's try that question again. The simple act of raising your hand up into the air will do quite fine. I'll be watching. Now, how many listening has ever been outside in 130 degrees below zero? Jeez, um, crow, why in heaven's name didn't you stay inside and sit by the fire? Well, at least you know what I'm talking about when I say it was cold. I mean, it was so cold we had to iron on the chapstick. It was so cold we had to put jumper cables on the hound dog's ears. It was so cold we had to chop the dog off the fire hydrant. I'm telling you, that was quite a winter. Why, my two sisters was outside having an argument, but it was so cold instead of words. Ice cubes come tumbling out of their mouth, one for every word they spoke. Well, being their loving brother, I picked them ice cubes up in two burlap sacks, brought them inside, called my mother, my father, and my two sisters over to the fireplace. We sat down, like one big happy family, melted them ice cubes one at a time, and when them words come out, we heard a darn good argument. Now I can tell. Some of you's listening is doubting my stories. I knew you might. So I saved one of them ice cubes aside, and I brought it with me today. But I'm sorry to say, before you showed up, it melted. "'Twas a fine word, though. Sounded kind of like this here. "'You! That was some winter, all right. "'You should have seen one of them there blizzards we had. "'Snowed fifty feet in one night, buried our house clean up past the chimney "'and straight out into the sky. "'Why, we was trapped inside, and time passed, "'and we was running low on firewood, "'and I figured I'd better do something about it. So as I pulled a few ceiling boards out of the roof, strapped on my snowshoes, got hold of my axe. Then I climbed up through the roof, pushed my way up through the snow till I got to the top, and had myself a good look around. By Jesus, that storm had buried every house and tree for miles around. Couldn't see nothing but white snow, blue skies, and the top of one old hickory tree about half mile yonder on top of the hill. I assume you remember what I said before about questions. Now, how many listening has ever climbed up in that old hickory tree? You have? Why, that's quite a coincidence. Then you know that that tree is quite a piece of work. And when I chopped the top of the tree and trimmed off them branches, I had myself a pretty good-sized piece of wood. As I recall, it was some three, four feet in diameter and some... Thirty feet long. I was hauling the thing home when it slipped from my hands and started to slide down the hill, gaining speed like one of them there to bargain things. It slid right into the valley and up the hill on the other side. It got slower and slower and slower. And just before it reached the top, it paused. For a moment, started sliding back down the hill. Why, it shot through the valley, came right back up the hill to where I was standing. I tried to grab hold, but the darn thing slid down right out of my hands and back down the hill. Through the valley it went, up the other side. Down it came right back up to me. And down it went.
went and up it went and down it came and up it came back and forth back and forth and every time i got my hands on the thing it slid right out like a giant greased hockey puck now after a long time i gave up and i hauled them leftover branches home well to make a long story medium when at last the spring thaw came i went to look for my chunk of firewood Hey, Jesus, I'm telling you, there was a trench eight feet deep between them hills where the tree trunk bent sliding. But I couldn't see my firewood nowhere. So I walked alongside that trench till I got into the valley there. And I'll be jacob. The trunk was still there, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But by now. It was worn down to the size of a tiny little twig. What? What? Are you listeners still doubting my stories? I brought that tree trunk with me today. I got it right here in my pocket. I showed it to your neighbor. She says it looks an awful lot like a toothpick she has in her cupboard. But you wouldn't take her word over mine, would you? That was quite a winter, I'm telling you. Why the cold came on so hard and so fast that all them ducks that had been sitting on our pond enjoying the summer were frozen solid right into the top of our pond. Well, you ain't never seen nothing like it. Hundreds of ducks flapping and quacking all afternoon long, trying to get them little duck rear ends out of the ice. But I'm telling you, them ducks was stuck. Finally, they gave up fighting, and I gave up watching. Wasn't long before I was sleeping, in my long johns, of course. Now, how many's ever tried on that set of long johns? Mighty warm, wouldn't you say? Well, as I was saying, I was sleeping in that set of long johns when suddenly I was startled awake by a sort of a loud, kind of a unified, kind of a quacking sound. Well, I threw on my boots and my hat, and with flashlight in hand, I ran outside just in time to see them ducks flying away with our pond frozen solid to their rear ends. Now, how many listening? Is believing my stories, you listeners. You know how I feel about questions. Now I've got to ask that again. Now, how many listening is believing my stories? Darn fools you are! I can see you've been out in the cold too long. Well. You'll be glad to know there is one lie, one whopper, one tall tale I decided not to tell. Why it's such a big lie? When I first heard it, swelled up my ears so big that they hung down below my knees. Couldn't do nothing with 'em but flap 'em up top of my head and tie 'em together. Least I had myself a nice warm cap for the cold, cold winter. But I'm not telling that lie now, no sir. 'Cause if I did, and you made your own cap, you wouldn't be able to hear no more my stories. Well, that's about all I got to say. Stay warm. Have a fine winter. Enjoy the rest of the stories by Jesum.
This week's fairy tale sponsor comes from the Draco Ignis Ignaya Rehab Center. Need a quiet and friendly companion? Someone who will always be by your side? Fed up with damp matches? Never were able to get a fire started with a bow or flint? Draco Ignis Ignaya are the best and most reliable fire starters ever. Mostly, these gallon sized creatures are known for their compassion and work with former warriors as companions. These small, short sighted dragons, the largest weighing in at 55 pounds, have been rescued from abusive homes or have been rescued from accidents such as collisions with witches in flight or from crossing busy roads trying to get to chickens on the other side. These creatures need a good home, a forever home. Omnivores and easy to clean up after, all our dragons have been fully trained. Those able to be released are so. So these Draco Ignitus Ignaya desperately need a home. Never be without a friend or fire again. Come and meet your companionable flamethrower at our rehabilitation centre now. Follow-up visits are required to ensure only the best homes are dragon homes. Ramona and Andrew are new patrons and say hi. Ramona's dad, Andrew, says, Ramona is six years old and loves to listen to the podcast every night at bedtime. Ramona has a message for Simon. I love when you tell stories about Mo because my cousins have a dog called Mo as well. I really like when you say silly things at the end of the podcasts. I want you to do it every time, please. We are from New Zealand and would love it if there was a traditional Maori tale or two on the podcast. Perhaps the tale of how Maui slowed down the sun. Thanks so much for all the lovely work, Andrew and Ramona Paxley. Well, thank you to Andrew and Ramona. So when I say silly things at the end, it's usually because I've made mistakes when I'm recording. So those are a bit hit and miss. Well, thank you to Andrew and Ramona. I asked Mo what kind of a special fairy tale talent you should get. And she says... It should be the ability to talk with and understand dogs. I asked Mo if you could also understand cats as well, but she says no, but you should be able to understand foxes too. So there you have it. The fox sat there as I finished the story and adjusted itself slightly, making itself more comfortable, I suppose. If you don't mind me saying so, you don't exactly paint me in a good light there, do you? I... I suppose the story doesn't paint you in the best of light. No, I replied. Mo looked at me and then at the fox. I think she was jealous she couldn't talk like the fox could. But there have been times when she's been talking to other animals and I haven't known what she's been talking about. Do you know any stories when I am not the villain? I had to think a while. Folk and fairy tales? Yes. I have to be honest, there are very few British ones that are nice about foxes. I have to say I read Joseph Jacobs' book called The Most Delectable History of Reign of the Fox and he painted you in the most terrible light. I couldn't finish the book almost. There are some wonderful stories from Japan about your cousins, the Kitsune, and there's an Aesop fable about you and the crow and a piece of cheese, but that doesn't really make you look great either. I know, that's because it's not the full story. Aesop came upon the scene after the crow had swooped down and grabbed the cheese from me. I'd just put it down to have a wash before eating when crow flew down and grabbed it. 
crow had the nerve to sit in the tree right above me and make fun of me. Nobody ever tells that part of the story. That's why I praised Crow for his voice and tried to get him to sing. It worked, of course. If it had been Ms. Crow, I don't think I would have seen the cheese again. But Mr. Crow liked the sound of his voice a little too much and sang, dropping the cheese. I had no idea. Most people don't, the fox smiled. So will you tell my story properly now? I will, but I have one question for you. Where on earth did you get the cheese from? Fox just smiled at me and stood up, shaking his tail. Well, that's another story for another day. He trotted off into the shadows, leaving Mo and I wondering about the cheese. Our next guest is our very own southern gentleman, Tim Lowry. Tim is a fabulous storyteller. He has a way of casually drawing you in until you are in another place altogether. Please enjoy Tim telling the story, Cowboy Campfire. There's a group of cowboys sitting around the campfire one night after they'd had a hard day's ride out on the trail. They were sitting there talking about things they miss from home. They were talking about their girlfriends and their wives and all their animals and pets and things. And this one cowboy leaned forward and spit a big long stream of tobacco juice in the fire and he said, I sure do miss my dog. Another cowboy said, What kind of dog do you have? He said, Well, I got me the best hunting dog you ever seen in your life. He said, That thing when he was just a little pup, he learned how to hunt most everything. He'd run rabbits and he'd chase squirrels and he could tree a coon and he could point birds. Oh, he is a great dog. Said, One day, I was down at the sawmill. I had me a bunch of logs I needed to saw up into lumber. And I was working there on the big table saw. You know that great old big saw? You push the logs in at one end and it goes, saws them up into boards when they come out the other end. I was down there working on that table saw, and I was just a sawing them logs up to a fare you well. And my dog, he's a running around in the weeds in the bushes out there by the edge of the sawmill looking for something to chase. I think he's trying to find him a squirrel or a coon or something. He could run up a tree. Well, sure enough, all of a sudden he let out a big old howl. Oh, oh. And I knew he was on to something. I looked up from my work, and there he was, running right around the end of that sawmill, chasing a rabbit. Now that rabbit got real spooked, and it jumped a big jump. And that dog, he figured he'd take a shortcut and try to catch that rabbit and cut him off. And he jumped right across my saw. Well, when he jumped across that saw, he come down right in the middle of that saw blade. and That saw cut my dog right in half. Well, there he lay on either side of that saw, just cut right down the middle, laying in two pieces. His hind end was a-flopping around on the ground on one side with his legs a-kicking and a-jerking, and his front end was laying on the other side, and he is a-howling, Needless to say, he is hurt pretty bad. I grabbed up both ends of that dog, and I slapped them back together, and I tore my shirt off and wrapped it around him real quick and tied it up good and tight like a bandage. Then real easy-like, we took that dog in the house, and we lay him by the cook stove where he's nice and warm and let him rest. And by morning time, he's all better. Sure, yeah. When I took that bandage off, he's all healed up. Now, he had a big naked place all around the middle where all the hair got buzzed off when that saw cut him in half. But other than that, he's just fine. Excepting, in my hurry to get that dog stuck back together, I had stuck his hind end on upside down. Yeah, he had two legs in the back just sticking straight up in the air. But that turned out to be a good thing. 
Because now that dog, he can run rabbits twice as long as he used to could. He runs on his front legs a while, and then when he gets tired, he flips over and runs on his back legs a while. As I was a-walking one morning for pleasure I spied a cowpuncher a-riding along His hat was throwed back and his spurs was a-jingling As he approached he was singing this song whoopie tie yo get along, little doggies. It's your misfortune and none of my own. whoopie tie yo get along, little doggies. You know that Wyoming will be your new home. Another cow poke set up straight, leaned into the firelight and said, That ain't nothing. You got a dog that's got its hind end on upside down. Back in Louisiana where I'm from, I had me a pet crocogator. All the other cowboys said, A crocogator? Now pray tell, what kind of critter is that? He said, well, now, a crocogator is a right rare reptile. It's got an alligator head coming off one end and a crocodile head coming off the other end. Them fellers said, Ah, oh, that ain't so. You can't have something that's got a crocodile head on one end and an He said, No, you got it backward. It's got an alligator head on one end and a crocodile head on the other. That thing can bite you coming and going. Well, them cowboys sitting around the campfire sat there and studied on that a minute. It was quite a visual image to think about. And then one of the smarter fellers in the group looked up and said, now, I don't mean to be talking nasty or nothing, but if you got a critter that's got an alligator head on one end and a crocodile head on the other end, how's that thing go to the bathroom? That cowboy leaned back and grinned and said, It don't! And that's what makes it so mean! Your mother was raised Way down in Texas Where the Jimson weed and the sandburrs grow We'll fill you up on prickly pear and choya Then throw you on the trail to Idaho Whoopie tie yo get along little doggies It's your misfortune and none of my own Whoopie tie yo get along little doggies You know that Wyoming will be your new home Third Cowboy said I know an animal that could beat that crocogator and that dog that got sawed in half both. Back where I come from, there's this feller I know. He had himself a Christian horse. A Christian horse? Do tell. He said, well, this feller was looking for him a good ride, and he found a preacher man that had a horse for sale. And when he went to look at it, it was a real fine, fine horse. 
If it's big, strong, real smart, good-looking, had good teeth and sharp hooves, he said, I think I'd like to buy it. Now, that preacher man, he said, Now, I won't tell you before you buy this horse. This horse has been raised with religion. This is a Christian horse. And he don't know none of them regular horse training words like giddy up and woe and all like that. No, you got to speak the sanctified words to this horse. If you want him to run, you have to say, Praise the Lord! That feller said, Are you kidding me? He said, No, I'll show you. He said, Look over there in the crowd where that horse is standing. He said, Giddy up! That horse, he didn't move a muscle. But then that preacher said, Praise the Lord! And that horse took off a running right round and around and around. Clippity-clop, 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 just as pretty as you please. He said, now when you get him going good, then if you want him to stop, you got to use another sanctified word because this year is a Christian horse. you got to say, Amen. He said, that ain't so. Yeah, it is so. He said, now watch this. He yelled, whoa! That horse just kept right on a running. Clippity-clop, clippity-clop, clippity-clop. And then he yelled out, Amen! And that horse just stopped just as pretty as you please and stood there waiting for another direction. That feller said, well, now that's a smart horse. I think I'll buy it. So he gave him 50 bucks and he climbed on his back and he went off riding down the road. And just no sooner than he had left that farm, all of a sudden a big bumblebee stung that horse on a rump. And that thing took off a running. Right down the road it was running. It was going crazy. And that man on the back of that horse, he hadn't never gone to church not one day in his life. He couldn't remember them sanctified words, and he didn't know how to get that thing stopped. He kept yelling, Whoa! Whoa! And then all of a sudden he realized, Oh yeah, this is a Christian horse. i got to use sanctified language. And he started thinking of every religious word he could think of, but none of them was the right thing. He was saying, Glory! Hallelujah! I got the Spirit! And that horse was running faster and faster. And worse yet, they was headed right for a big old cliff. And that feller knew if they plunged over that cliff, both their necks would be broken, they'd be dead. All of a sudden, it come to his mind in a flash. He yelled out, Amen! And that horse slid to a stop right on the edge of that big high mountain cliff. That feller could feel his heart pounding in his chest. The sweat was a-dripping off his forehead. He is so glad to have had his life saved. He said, whew, praise the Lord. Early in the spring, we round up the doggies. We mark them and brand them and bob off their tails. Round up the horses, load up the chuck wagon. Then throw the doggies out on the long trail. Whoopie tie, I o get along, little doggies. It's your misfortune and none of my own. Whoopie tie, I o get along, little doggies. You know that Wyoming will be your new home. I hope you enjoyed today's stories. Thank you everyone for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love and find the work of our storytellers online and tell them you heard them on this podcast. 
Find opportunities to connect with the magic of live storytelling, whether it's in person or virtual. There are wonderful storytellers out there. Go find your favorite tellers from Story Story Podcast and discover what they can bring to your home. Did you know that you can connect with the podcast and see the fairy tale sponsor ads on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast? Or you can connect with me at Simon M. Brooks on Instagram. Also, check out In the Woods with Mo. And on Facebook and my website at Simon Brooks Storyteller. Diamond Scree? Yep, that's me. Please let us know a favorite story you have heard or favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The inspiration for the fairy tale sponsor came from campfires, and the inspiration for the true fairy tale came from raking up all the leaves from the lawn. The music is by Poddington Bear. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You'll hear more stories next week. But until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake, on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. If it had been Mrs. Crow, I don't think I would have had the... There you go, Ramona. There's a mistake right there.